For your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Wow. It is July 17, 2021. Hard to believe July is more than half over. 7.08 on your Saturday morning. As you probably already know, I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. And luckily, I am also your host here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show at Saturday Morning Coffee. We, as always, invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in your world that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about lower taxes, limited government, all the things that mean more freedom for you and me, all of us who are we the people. We have a country to save, folks, and it starts right here, right here in the studio, right here in your kitchen, right wherever you happen to be listening to this show, the words of my voice, right wherever you are, in particular, raising up your little crumb crunchers to be good, <laughs> God-fearing, freedom-loving Americans. God bless you all for the work that you do in that regard. So let's get to it. Got to get a lot covered today. Uh, see some texts already rolling in on the text line. A lot to talk about. Joined in the studio, as always, by my very good friend and producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Reese. I've got some great coffee this morning. Got some great uh, coffee? Of course, Lavazza. I had, Lavazza. A, had, a, had a, a week off. I, You know, I want to just say welcome back. We missed you here in the studio. There's, always there's uh, one day out of two years, man. No big deal. You, de- My <laughs> wife said he deserved a break. Hey, well, thank you, Lee. I appreciate yeah. that. So she appreciates your efforts yeah. and recognized uh, that you uh, certainly deserve a break. You deserve a break today. You got uh, your and, you know, and you had a birthday. Yeah, I did. I did. Happy uh, birthday. Thank you. All Big right. one, too. Um, but uh, Dan Bongino about <laughs> wore me out. You know, did it he? was five weeks of Dan Bongino. So. Yeah. Um, and, of course, folks, not only do we have Dr. Glenn Dye in the studio, but we invite you to join in the show. You can join the show at any time by calling in. Sharing your comments with us, you call in line as always, as it is 843-903-2945. You can also text your comments to us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. You can tweet your comments to the show at uh, on Twitter. The handle is at Reese Boyd. And also email your comments uh, to the show. The show email address is Reese Boyd, SMC, at gmail.com. And for those of you who may not feel like talking at 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning, we get that. You can also feel free to call me anytime. Uh, 843-839-9800 is the number at the offices of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. That's the day job. And uh, so feel free to call me during normal business hours. And if I'm not there, just leave me a voicemail message. You can leave me a message anytime by uh, using the automated system, and I'll get back to you. So always love to hear from you guys. I heard from a couple of y'all last week. 
And uh, so we had uh, uh, a, actually we've had a little bit of a break here, Glenn. I was out. And then last week, uh, we had uh, Scott Richards. In yeah, the Scott Richards was here, yeah. And uh, so we had a great uh, time with Scott. So it's good to be back. The team is back on board. We're fully, uh, we're fully staffed here at Saturday Morning Coffee. And it is uh, glad to be back. I, I shared this story last week. I don't know if you uh, heard. I assume you were not listening. I caught very little of it, but caught- there was... Uh- Somebody mentioned something about naked spearfishing. <laughs> oh, no, that was Tim McGinnis. That was right. Tim McGinnis. Yeah. That was Tim McGinnis. Yeah, naked spearfishing. That, yeah, I was like, that. we did not talk about naked spearfishing. But one <laughs> of the things that uh, that July 4th reminded me of this year is how much I really do enjoy the show. You know, July 4th, we had a best of episode. Right. And uh, so it is uh, good to have uh, you back in the studio. It's good to be back in the studio with y'all. And we've missed a couple of weeks on the podcast, but the podcast will be uh Good Lord willing, podcast will go up today, mm-hmm. and we are getting uh, caught up. We've had some we had some technical difficulties in the studio last week, so we did not get the <laughs> podcast episode uh, uploaded. But then my but, value just went up. Then I guess. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So uh, it's a um, it's a, uh, a very easy find if you uh, miss a show and you want to catch us on the podcast. You can go to your podcast player, whether that's Apple or Google Play. Search for Saturday Morning Coffee. Look for the famous red and blue coffee cup logo. Then click Listen Now, or even better, click Subscribe. And uh, that will shoot the uh, mess- the uh, episodes to you. Every time we post a new one, you'll automatically get it in your car on Apple CarPlay or whatever system you use, or on your uh, phone or media player, wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, folks as we often say on the show freedom is literally on the line and I can't imagine a time where it seemed more apparent uh, to me that every day our freedom uh, hangs in the balance and uh, it's just uh, unbelievable to me some of the things that are going on in this country but it's moving faster in California <laughs> yeah moving super fast in California by the way uh, our own Larry Elder running for governor yeah. of uh, California. You heard about that? Mm-hmm. And so I uh, got a little note here to uh, share with you all about that. So Larry Elder running for governor of California. That's going to be exciting. Um, that's big news. And, and, you know, Larry Elder is one of the guys that I, you know, I, I, t- I take a lot of inspiration uh, from him. I really enjoy listening to his show. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy the way he looks at issues. And, uh, you know, he's a longtime talk radio phenomena. So, right. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. I haven't, I don't know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we yet have any data on how much uh, money he's raising. But it's going to be very interesting to see how he does. And can you imagine California under the leadership of Larry Elder? Right. I hope the uh, um, Rush Limbaugh Foundation will make a, a big donation to him. Yeah. I think that would make Rush happy. And, and I think, uh, I hope. Frankly, people who listen to this station and others who have appreciated uh, Larry Elder over the years, it doesn't have to be a large uh, contribution, folks, but it is important for people that think like us to step up to the plate and serve on your school board, serve on your town council. And, oh, my goodness, can you imagine if we could recall Gavin Newsom? I mean, the guy is the biggest threat to democracy west of the Mississippi. Yeah. 
And that's saying a lot. No, well, and and look who's out there with him. I mean, Larry, this is this is big. Yeah. I mean, we if this we could is, get California yeah. back and get California under control, the rest of the country might actually follow. Yeah. This is uh, this is shootout at the OK Corral, folks. Yeah. This is a big deal. Yeah, it is. And uh, you know, I think back, it was before my time, but when you read about California under Reagan, um, yep. it was a sane place to live. California is not a sane place to live. We talk on this show all the time about people voting with their feet. Right. People have been voting with their feet and leaving California for at least a dozen years. And it's become a, a mass immigration. They're going to Texas. They're going to Austin. They're, they're coming here. They're, right. they're going all the way across the country. So, um, uh, so we got a lot to talk about. We'll share a little bit more about the elder campaign uh, with you, we have uh, Hunter Biden, artiste. You know, I, think <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was a guest today. <laughs> oh no, we got Hunter Biden, artiste. We got a we got a lot to talk about. I mean, I think in this country, the thing you want to aspire to be apparently is not the president, but the son of the president. Yeah, seventy five to what was it? Seventy five thousand to five hundred. I'm sure you'll talk about it. Yeah, like we'll uh, we'll cover that. Got crazy, some uh, got some South Carolina bureaucrats who are also living large now thanks to your state government got to talk about that of course we want to talk about what's going on in cuba and the arizona election audit don't know if we'll get to it all we'll try got mike burns representative mike burns from travelers rest coming in in the second hour to give us an update on the pushback agenda and his tech censorship bill we'll also be joined in the second hour by fred lucas with the heritage foundation who has a great piece in daily caller this week be talking to us about the cuban crisis And a lot to cover this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We hope you'll stick with us. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. I don't believe it. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. $10,000 a show, right? We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we never know is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Wanna see my Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 721 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program, Saturday, July 17. A lot to talk about uh, today. wanted to finish up my thoughts on the Elect Elder uh, Project. That's uh, Larry, our own Larry Elder, who you can hear on this station. I think he'll be taking a, a leave of absence now that he is a declared candidate, but you could hear Larry Elder um, uh, weeknights here on Talk 94.5. Great show. I always enjoy listening to him, he has announced his campaign for governor of the great state of California and uh, had an interesting statement that he shared on his website. I want to share a few highlights from you. Our first task is to recall our arrogant governor, Gavin Newsom. Of course, the 
the uh, recall Newsom effort has been underway for several months in California. Uh, Newsom imposed the most restrictive COVID mandates in the country and then proceeded to ignore them when it came to him. And how many how many Democratic governors did we see do that, folks? Californians, back to Elder's spot, Californians uh, lost their jobs, their businesses. How many small businesses in California no longer exist, folks, because of Gavin Newsom? How many families lost their life savings because of Gavin Newsom? How many life plans have been forever derailed in California because of Gavin Newsom? Folks, I don't think many of you appreciate just how wildly we were blessed by the fact that our governor is Henry McMaster and not Gavin Newsom. Yeah. The guy is a progressive clown. He's a fraud. He is, in my estimation, a criminal. You know, he is on the far left coast. Yeah, he is literally mm-hmm. out there. He, yeah. it's, it's perfectly fine for him to go to you know a highfalutin French laundry restaurant in Napa Valley and have a big spread, a large highfalutin meal with his million dollar plus donors, while the rest of you slugs were sitting at home, masked up in the bathroom. I mean, to him. That's perfectly okay. And uh, as Larry Elder put it in his statement, I make clear that I plan that I plan to replace him. I'm a native Californian. I grieve what is happening to our state. I've got common sense, something sadly lacking in Sacramento. He talks about he always subscribed to the Walter Cronkite philosophy, which was he'd love to serve, but he would hate to have to run for office. But Newsom has made all of the previous excuses irrelevant. Newsom and his cohorts, again, in the words of Larry Elder, have destroyed a state that was once a beacon of hope and prosperity, a state once admired for its public schools, its dynamic economy, and above all else, its people who strive for racial harmony, pursuing a common cause. Newsom and his cohorts are destroying. Newsom and his cohorts are literally dismantling brick by brick, brick, brick by brick, the very virtues and values that have made California great. He is surrounded by an army of radicals for whom climate change is a religion and growth and development is an is a villain. Because of their fierce opposition uh, to growth, the average home in California costs more than 150% of the national average. Because of their radical environmentalism, they impose building the infrastructure necessary to supply consistent energy and water to a population of 40 million leaving us with a crumbling system built in the 70s to support a population now twice that size. Crime, homelessness, the outrageous cost of living, Newsom's arrogance in handling COVID with headstrong mandates that impose the most severe lockdown in all 50 states, their demonization of of police officers trying to do their jobs, Firefighters risking their lives in more frequent and deadly fires because of poor state land management. The Sacramento elite enables criminals by allowing them to avoid conviction and incarceration. They have a revolving door. So he basically goes on to lay out the prescription for California, which in many ways is the prescription for the U.S. And, and Glenn, as you said, if we can save California, folks— we can save the nation. Yeah, well, that I think that's a great start. Uh, that would yeah. be a huge start, and I, I think he'll get a lot of backing. I bet President Trump will get behind him as well. I, I think I think he will, and I hope you guys. I hope those of you out who listen to the show 
here. I plan on making a contribution. I want my there name on the list of contributors. Yep. So I'm not asking y'all to do anything that I don't plan to do. It won't be a huge contribution. Right. But it'll be a, but think about this. If people all across the fruited plain, if everybody in the sound of my voice made a $20 contribution to um to uh, Larry Elder. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Take 70 million votes and turn them into just dollar yeah. bills. Folks, That'd I can tell you Political contributions, as somebody who has run for office, political contributions, you don't have to give $1,000 to move the needle. As a matter of fact, politicians love to have tons of contributions right. from people who just give a little bit. Hmm. If you can give $5 a month, give $5 a month. If you can give $10, give $10. It really really doesn't matter, but just show your support. Show that you are out there. Show that you care about what happens in California because the, the life, the, the lesson of history, folks, is that what happens in California sooner or later mm-hmm. happens here. Yeah. And that's a terribly frightening thought at the moment because California, I mean, to call it a hot mess is an insult to the hot messes of the world. Yeah. I mean, it's a disaster. Remember, all the music used to start in California yeah. and make its way slowly across the country. So Cult- culture, culture used to start in New York and make its way west yep. once upon a time. Yep. Now culture starts on the west coast and makes its way east. Um, the website for Elect Elder is uh, electelder.com. And I encourage you to check that out. Check out what Larry Elder is all about. And listen to, uh, I'm not sure who's going to be filling in. Maybe they'll let uh, your own humble host here fill in. I'll, uh, I'll contact Larry and see if I can't fill in for him one there night. There you go. I'll put in a good I'll, word for you. I'll send him this clip. Maybe he'll let me, uh, maybe he'll let me do a stand-in for him. Yeah. Um, anyway, it is electelder.com. We've got a caller on the line this morning, folks. We're joined by our own Larry Biddle. Larry, good morning. How are you this morning? Good morning, Reese. I'm phenomenal. Uh, Got a, I'm, I'm all over the map because, you know, I, I I was born in Denver, but I grew up in Sacramento. And I got there at age age five. So um, I know a lot about the state. Yeah. Well, let, let me I ask can tell you. Let me ask I can you. tell you the whole state is run currently. The whole state is run by uh, four families. Yeah. Well, um, let, let, me period. Ask, let me ask you a and, question. Let me ask you a question well, while, while we're on the thought of that, which you know a lot about California. Can a good... Can a Republican governor move the needle? Can a good governor who applies conservative principles, can can California be saved, I guess, yeah. is the question. Well, yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, I've got tons of classmates. I'm getting ready to go to a big reunion out there in September, and I talk to my classmates when I'm planning this event. But, you know, yes, the answer is yes. Um, and there's, there's plenty of them. I think they're getting stronger and coming out. Uh, they've, they've had enough. Tons of them have left, obviously. They've gone everywhere um, and uh, on purpose. But Elder, Elder is an absolute dynamo. You know, I grew up with Reagan. My mother ran the switchboard in Reagan's capital. Wow. For, and there were like 20, uh, not 20, there were probably 40 operators. Remember the old one ringy dingy, two ringy dingy with the cords and the holes? <laughs> that's what she taught. That's what you had to do. That's, that's how it was, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in all that. And, and uh, when Reagan came to South Carolina many years ago, I, I, I went up, you know, we were meeting him, and, and uh, I went up to him. I said, I, you probably don't, I know you don't remember me, but my mother was the head of the switchboard, her mm-hmm. the middle. Yeah. And he said, oh, she's the one that took care of all that stuff. Those cords were everywhere. I said, yeah. yes, sir, <laughs> you're right. But, you know, um, in talking to my classmates, um, it's uh, there's a strong, strong red wave coming out there. The people have had enough. Uh, Elder would be absolutely off the charts, no question. Yeah. 
uh, he is an amazing. I listen to him too, like you do. He, he's a tremendous uh, uh, conservative, powerful eagle. He's yeah. an authentic American eagle, big time. Yeah, he's um, an he's an incredible mind. But I love the way he is. You can see that just common sense guides his. Uh, you know, his thought process. And he's a very, well, that's what conservatism is. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it is common sense, yeah, you, know, just... you know, it gets twisted and turned, but I really called too. I got a late call last night. I don't know if you know about what happened at Lake Arrowhead, which is uh, in Southern California and, and basically San Bernardino County. The, people have been coming into that lake from the water and, and vandalizing and, and doing stealing and everything, right? All mm-hmm. these boats. Mm-hmm. And this friend of mine that I've known for a long time, he's a he's an amazing educator. I heard from two of them, uh, both of them Hall of Famers. And uh, his boat got caught up in that fire, burned it, burned burned eight, burned about twelve boats. Uh, oh my goodness! They uh, set everything on fire. It, it was amazing, and they sure think it's arson. So yeah. I, I'm asking our, for our audience uh, to to say a prayer for all those out there that are suffering from that. Uh, Rob Roberts told me, he said, <clears throat> you know, they, they come in the lake all the time. They come by lake mm-hmm. because they can put a boat in anyway. It's a pretty big lake. Yeah. And we, we did some conferences out there, Reese, early in the days of Renaissance because UCLA has a conference center out there. And it's an amazing, great conference center. We just outgrew it, so yeah. we couldn't keep going there. But uh, it's it's uh, really a sad situation. His boat was a 2001 Hallett, H-A-L-L-E-T-T, which are amazing boats. They're kind of like bluebird motorhomes on the water. I mean, they're oh, not wow. as big, obviously, but they're, yeah. they're great boats. They were just bought out by Nordic. Nordic boats bought out Hallett. Hmm. Uh, it's a great boat, perfect for skiing and all that stuff. Well, Larry, so we, we got to put some... South Carolina prayer warriors on yeah. that. That would be wonderful. We would appreciate it. We but, will, yeah, uh, we will we, say I'm, a prayer. Everybody, everybody in the country needs to go. Just like you said, it's not equal gifts. It's equal sacrifice. Whatever you can give to Larry Elder's uh, campaign, we don't, we got to do it, period. Yeah. Amen. Got to pay the electric bill, Larry. Yep, got to pay the bills. Got to go to some break. Uh, Larry, appreciate the call. We will be praying. Encourage you guys to pray for the folks out at Lake Arrowhead. And, as Larry suggested, check out electelder.com. Larry, thanks for the call. Have a great day. Tell Miss, uh, tell your lovely bride we said hello. Tell Miss Jenny we said hello. Folks, it's uh, Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd, and that is Glenn Dye, and we've just heard from Larry Biddle. So stick with us for more of the show. We'll be right back after these words. Don't leave town. Talk Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. All right, stop, collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new adventure something. Grab some older me tightly, flowing like an awful Daily and nightly, will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know. Turn off the lights, and I'll go to the extreme. I'll rock a mic like a man. Light up the stage and wax a chump like a candle dance. Caress a speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. It's a felony, love it to leave it.
bitch, you better gain weight. Better hit fools out of kid, don't play. If it was a problem, I was solving. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves in. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.37 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. want to give a quick uh, shout-out to a couple of uh, our friends here on the show. Quick shout-out to our own Liz Calloway. Liz Calloway is having a birthday coming up. Liz Calloway is having an event coming up on July 20th. That is uh, coming right around the corner. Uh, it'll be 5 to 7 p.m. And uh, asking everybody who attends to bring a pair of new shoes for kids in support of Fostering Hope. Uh, but in order to attend, uh, you got to have a ticket. So if please- you can't get a ticket or you don't have a ticket, you can always drop off shoes. It's a great cause. Yeah. Drop them off right here at the station. Maybe buy Davis and Boyd if you're in that area. Absolutely. You know, right. and, and we will make sure that they get delivered to uh, the charity. To the proper folks and uh speaking of which and and they will by the way be giving away tickets yes. to the event on the liz calloway morning show so be sure to listen uh to the liz show uh weekday mornings six to ten you still got a few chances to win uh yourself a ticket if you don't have one while we're on the subject of fostering hope you know once every once in a while we had a segment here on the show that we called uh community brewers uh where folks are brewing up better community here along the Grand Strand here in O'Ree County. Haven't done that in a while. Uh, We want to reach out to Fostering Hope. I thought about them uh, this week. They are doing great work. They continue to do great work providing uh, uh, school supplies, clothing, and other necessities for children who are in the foster care system who are, um, who are, you know, not uh, blessed with uh, great abundance and they need help in those areas. And so anything you can do to help uh, Fostering Hope uh, is is most appreciated. If you want to bring some shoes to the station, bring some shoes to the offices of Davis and Boyd. Uh, we're located at 1110 London Street in Myrtle Beach. That's at the corner of 44th Avenue and London Street. But uh, also uh, want to do whatever we can uh, to help out the fine folks at Fostering Hope and uh, located in Conway. And if you know of an organization or you run an organization or or are involved in an organization that is doing great work for our community, brewing up a better community, as we say here on Saturday Morning Coffee, then do feel free to get in touch uh, with me because we love to uh, highlight those organizations, uh, give them an opportunity to share their story uh, with with our listeners and to help uh, bring more people into the fold and get more people participating in the great work, uh, the great charitable work that's going on uh, here along the Grand Strand. So um, the buffet for Liz, uh, the, the birthday is benefiting uh, Fostering Hope, and those guys do great work, and, uh, and but other organizations we want to – uh, we want to help out as well. So. Last time we did this, we got a mountain of shoes. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to a great turnout and a lot of shoes for um, for the kids that are helped by fostering hope. Um, speaking of uh, doing well, I wanted to share something with y'all that was uh, interesting to me. Uh, there are a lot of state bureaucrats that are doing well. This from the Nerve, which is a great um, uh, resource. For those of you who haven't uh, seen uh, the Nerve before, it is an online news outlet. Their uh, material is published uh, sort of on a weekly basis, but pretty much whenever they produce a report, they push it out 
Uh, this particular piece is by Rick Brundrett at The Nerve. Rick's a great uh, investigative journalist. He's been on the show before quite a few times, actually, over the years. Uh, Rick brings us an update, uh, this byline dated July 7 from Columbia. Some state agency heads start the new fiscal year with big pay raises. Of course, we just started a new fiscal year for South Carolina state government. Rick's article states a legislatively controlled committee has given five-figure pay hikes to a group of state agency heads, and a new law empowers the panel to recommend raises next fiscal year for certain statewide elected officials. The Agency Head Salary Commission, the AHSC, on Thursday, the start of a new fiscal year, approved the following annual salaries for agency heads. These are state uh, government agency heads, people operating within the state bureaucracy who uh, serve various uh, departments of state government, and uh, they have received various pay increases uh, for the new fiscal year beginning July 1, starting with Christy Hall, your DOT secretary, that's Department of Transportation, uh, 298000 is her salary. That's an 18.6% increase. Marsha Adams, the Department of Administration Executive Director, got a 27% increase. Her salary is now $284,679. Nanette Edwards, Office of Regulatory Staff Executive Director, she got, would you like to guess the percentage of her pay increase? Mm, 62%. Well, you're, you actually overachieved. You oh, overachieved. Sorry. And her... Her pay raise was a just. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm wondering if she'll notice, but it was a 48.3 percent wow. pay increase, and the increase was 86 thousand. Wow, that's a nice drop in the bucket there. You know, tons of people in Ori County make less than oh, her pay increase. Right. Just FYI, yeah. a lot of people make less than that. Her salary is now 265 thousand dollars. Brian Sterling, the director of Corrections, excuse me, the, 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 or I guess he's director of the Department of Corrections, runs the state prison system for the state of South Carolina. $250,000 mm. annual salary. That's a $50,000 annual increase or 25%. Nice. Uh, Grant Gillespie, the director, executive director of the State Fiscal Accountability Authority, is uh, now working for an annual salary of Two hundred forty-five thousand. That's a twenty-two percent increase over his prior salary. Uh, further, according to Rick Brundred in the story from the Nerve, in addition, the commission set newly confirmed Commerce Secretary Harry Lightsey's annual salary at two hundred and fifty-two thousand. His predecessor Bobby Hitt was making a hundred and ninety-nine thousand. Mm. Um, and uh, let's see, of the 23,328 state workers, so statewide, 20, over 23,000 state workers with salaries of 50000 or more, 455 of those individuals were making at least $200,000. Hmm. Um, the NERV has previously revealed, though the database doesn't include information for 17 state agencies or divisions, including the South Carolina House and Senate, and the state-owned utility Santee Cooper. For example, Santee Cooper President CEO Mark Bonsell's salary this year is $1.1 million, mm. which doesn't include other benefits such as the eligibility to receive a $250,000 performance bonus 
a utility spokesman told The Nerve last month. In comparison, South Carolina's per capita income as of December was $45,438. So got a few comments on that, folks. I wonder what your thoughts are. Would love to hear from you on that. I'll share a few words with you. My thoughts on those numbers after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Bass kicked in. Fingers off pumping. Quick to the point. To the point. No faking. Burning MCs. Like a pound of bacon. Burning up. Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. When you join Freedom Boat Club, instantly you get access to a fleet of boats. All those expenses and annoyances like maintenance and cleaning, dock and storage fees, all the hassles of boating, forget them. As a member of the Freedom Boat Club, you can use the boats as often as you'd like, and you can bring anyone on board, even your favorite pet. With four Freedom Boat Club locations along the Grand Strand, we can satisfy all your boating needs. So if you'd like to experience hassle-free boating, then cruise on over to FreedomBoatClub.com. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? Because most of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. So, Greg, how do you work to ensure that your clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win. Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Riding on the city of New Orleans, Illinois Central, Monday morning rail. Fifteen cars and fifteen restless riders, three conductors, twenty-five sacks of mail, all along the southbound Odyssey. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. It is 7.50 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the show, sharing your Saturday morning with us. Just before the break, we were talking about some whopping salary increases that were uh, recently released, became effective with the new fiscal year in South Carolina beginning July 1. We just uh, learned. Was my name on there? I did, you know, I did not 
Two I'm bucks. so sorry. Two, two bucks. Glenn, something. I did not see Glenn die on the list. <laughs> I've had two bucks, Chuck. Is he on there? But, uh, yeah, I, you know, but uh, it's interesting. Nanette Edwards, <laughs> Office of Regulatory Staff, Executive Director. I wonder how many hours she puts in a week. I would be curious. Yeah, that uh, would be know. interesting. I'm curious to know how, how much like strenuous labor is involved and in that position. And then what the hourly rate is. Exactly. You know, the hours I would be very, like, very curious yeah. to know. She got a whopping forty-eight point three percent increase, folks. That's not a bad. That's not a bad raise. Forty-eight point three percent. Her salary is now two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars for running the office of regulatory staff. Now, by the way, I'm not exactly sure exactly all that the office of regulatory staff does, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, office of regulatory staff, among other things, has some hand in the regulation of the utilities. And we also, in uh, just before the break, we're talking about uh, our 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 only state-owned utility. Thank goodness, our only state-owned utility. But our dearly uh, state-owned Santee Cooper, the new president, Mark Bonsall, has a salary of one point one million, which doesn't include other benefits such as eligibility to receive a two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar performance bond. Now, let's don't forget. Let's just we tend to forget things when they fade in the rearview mirror, Glenn. Mm-hmm. I want to remind everybody that among other recent accomplishments that CNT Cooper has to, to brag about is taking about $4 billion of your tax dollars. I'm not exactly sure that's the right way to characterize it, but sooner or later, they are your dollars. Let's put it that way. Your money, burying it in a hole in Jenkinsville, calling it a nuclear reactor, and abandoning the project when they decided, uh, yeah, we just decided it won't work. A lot and of money was spent for so that failure. who at Santee Cooper or among the Office of Regulatory Council should be entitled to a performance mm. bonus? Or, I mean, I'm still, I'm still smarting over this, folks, and there isn't really enough that's happened to bring real accountability on that score uh, the legislature has succeeded yet again in defeating a sale of Santee Cooper. Right. And we can talk about the merits of a sale, whether Santee Cooper should be publicly owned or not. I see I see merits on both sides of the equation. But the bottom line is Santee Cooper has blown through about $4 billion, and I still don't know that we have a really good explanation for why that has happened or how we're going to get out of it. So that's a topic for another day, another discussion. But the discussion of the moment, are any of these people entitled – to 48% raises. Are any of these people entitled to an, a performance bonus? Uh, did I miss something? <laughs> I'd say no, you know, but I, I I have a management background, and just looking at the facts that you just laid out, I'd say that they didn't deserve a raise. And, and my question to our listeners, how many of you guys got a 48% Pay raise this year. I mean, I'd love Still to. Waiting I'd, on it, I'd yeah. love to hear from somebody. I, I mean, I wish you well. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you got a 48% pay raise this year, I would love for you to text in. You don't even have to reveal your full name. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got some wonderful coffee to give away in the prize basket here. Oh, wow. We've got yeah. some, so you need some fine, exquisite coffee to drink in celebration of your 48% pay raise. Yeah. So text us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line uh, what your 48% uh, pay raise is doing for you, how it's making a difference in your life. Or if you prefer, 
uh, if you want to text in the amount of your last pay increase and when that happened. I'd love to hear from you on that. So we'll pick we'll pick somebody. Uh, Somebody's going to celebrate. Uh, PCR's text line is 843-798-8255. 798-TALK. Andy Thompson has already chimed in. He said a lot of Americans got a 48% pay cut. Yeah, many Americans. That is a great point, Yeah, Andy. Andy. Um, a, A lot of Americans are coming off of a pandemic where we have all been suffering. We've all been suffering mightily. And so it seems to me that these pay raises in the context of what we have just lived through, uh, just they 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 I mean, they would be offensive to me at any time, Mm -hmm. frankly. Um, But they are particularly offensive in the context of what we have just lived through, where most of us, uh, many of us don't have our jobs. Many of us have lost our businesses. I have so many restaurant clients that just went away. Yep. Um, and to see these guys get 30, 40 and 50 percent pay raise pay raises, it just it, it, it well, like I said, I've said my piece. It would be offensive at any time. It's particularly offensive today. Um, so I just I'm, I'm wondering, folks, when are we what does it take? How many how many conservatives does it take to run a state government? How many people do we have to send to Columbia? who are conservative, who believe in smaller, limited government. And the argument that you always hear, I had a, I had a client once, uh, this was a client in D.C., went through, and, and they, they were actually a nonprofit, ironically, and all of their folks started uh, griping about salary. It, it was like a, a, a common thing. They were all decided they needed to make more than they were making. And so they all, everybody wanted to do a salary study. Okay. And so they did a salary study, and what it, what it amounted to is everybody got pay raises across the board, very large pay raises across the board. The organization was nearly destroyed in the process, <laughs> and the fact is none of those people would have left. I mean, the, frank, the, 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 the fact of the matter is, and I counseled them through that process, they all had jobs that were cush. They were easy jobs. Okay. I mean, if you showed up you, you were, and you were present and accounted for, you weren't going to lose your job. It was, a, it was an easy place to work. Sounds like a good job. It was a good job. Yeah. Trust me. They were all doing fine. They even had a little joke in the office. They called it the velvet handcuffs. <laughs> and so the velvet handcuffs were going to keep those people there. They weren't going anywhere. They, trust me. They weren't leaving. They were just griping. And they all got massive pay raises. Because we did a salary study right. and decided, oh, you know, we really should be paying you 20% more than we're paying. And, but, but in reality, the market had been doing its job. Those people weren't going anywhere. Right. And, and the argument that you always hear is, oh, your state government has to pay this guy, this executive agency had 300000 Bunk them. I don't believe that. I don't believe you have to pay. I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but I don't believe you have to pay somebody $500,000 to manage the school district in O'Ree County or Georgetown County. Or I don't believe you have to pay somebody $350,000 to manage a state agency. I believe there are people out there who will do the work and do it for less than half a million dollars annually. Yeah. I mean, am I, am I nuts? No, you're not nuts. I mean, so one of us is crazy, folks. And when are we going to send people to Columbia, who will fight this nonsense. I mean, we obviously, I think we send a few, but we're obviously not sending enough. We're obviously not sending enough. Mm. Anyway. Well, Jackie uh, chimed in and said she got a 48% uh, pay raise, um, but she hadn't had a raise in five years. So, Well, congratulations, Jackie. Yeah, way to go, Jackie. See, there is well, she's self-employed, though. So exactly. There Jackie, you go. I'm not sure you can win. You, yeah. you gave yourself a pay raise. <laughs> 
I'm not sure we got a winner, Jackie. We'll have to have a conversation about that. Uh, folks, I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. This is WTKN Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. All the Clemson Tigers action. Talk everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour it is 806 on your saturday morning it's been a interesting show a lot to, to talk about just before the break we were talking about some very large salary increases that were uh, passed out to various agency heads in south carolina state government as reported by the nerve and by the way you can find the nerve it is the nerve.org i encourage you to follow uh, that publication keep up with them the nerve is published by the south carolina policy council uh, you've heard ashley landis who heads the uh, policy council on this program in the past also rick brundrett himself has been on this show as a guest from time to time and we did receive an entry in our contest i asked you if any of you had received a 48 percent pay raise to uh, let us know and you'd win a prize and the uh, Jackie texted in and said she actually did receive a 48% pay raise, uh, but she's self-employed. And uh, But, Jackie, the prize committee has conferred over the break, uh, the prize committee being Glenn and myself. And I am reminded that I did not specify, I did not establish a requirement that, there you go. that the uh, job in question be employed by another party. And, frankly, if you're self-employed, and you get a thousand percent pay increase. I say, God bless you. Yeah. If, if you are self-employed, that means you are in the trenches. You're doing the work. 
Whatever economic activity is happening, you're making it happen. You are providing a service that people are buying. They're obviously paying money for. Right. And your business is obviously growing. So you must be doing something right. Well, have, you know, so, I own a small business. And Jackie, uh, obviously, she's already calculated it. I really don't calculate my earnings till the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never done like a, a mid-year, you know, to see how much more I've made. Yeah. But, you know, it's a small business, and you're right. We're out there doing the work, and we're in the trenches. So, yeah, if somebody like you or even me, I mean, I consider right. myself self-employed. I mean, we have a law firm. We have right. a lot of people who work there. You don't but, work, but you don't work for the man. You but are the man. Uh, yeah, I am the man. I'm the but, man, but, I, but I'm also the guy. I mean, I mean, let's be very candid. I Before... I write every before I write my check. I write everybody else's right, check, right. and and most people don't realize there are some weeks where that's a harrowing little little ordeal of right. trying to get those checks cut, and get them covered. So that's not always fun, right. but I do it because you know I have people who depend on me. Yep. And and frankly, Jackie, if you're self employed and you got a forty eight percent pay raise, I say God bless you. Let's yeah. let's go for seventy five percent next year. But if you are if you are working and if you're and frankly if you're in working in a private company. You know, there's some there's some manager, somebody, some boss who's accountable for your productivity. And if your productivity is increasing in the private sector and your your talents are so extraordinary that you're getting I don't have a problem with that either. But if you're a state government bureaucrat, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, there isn't you can't do the job, but so well. okay, and you're not actually producing anything. There is no economic engine at work. I mean, let's be very candid. You are a siphon on society. You are a cost. You are on the cost side of the equation. You are not on the plus side of the T account. You are a cost on this society. And you just got a 50% pay raise. And I'm thinking, how many people out there in the trenches in the private sector slugging it out got a 50% pay raise? And my guess is, especially here in Ory County, not many. So I just, it makes me very uncomfortable when I see state government employees getting 50% 50% pay raise, because that's your money. Well, and especially because of the nuclear power plant failure. That was a yeah. huge amount of money that was invested. It was not completed. It was stopped, you know. They literally yeah. buried the money yes, in the ground yes, and did. walked away from it. Yep. And yet, we don't seem to be able to do anything about it. I'm just baffled. Right. But anyway, I digress. But anyway, Jackie, all that goes to say, we're rambling. I'm rambling. Uh, that was a rabbit trail and a half. <laughs> but you won the contest, Jackie. So I did not I did not proscribe self-employment. So because uh, your humble host did not fully set the rules before the contest was announced, you are the winner. Uh, you did get a 48% pay raise, and, congra- and we congratulate you, yeah. by the way, as I said. So if you'll provide your particulars, if you want to swing by the offices of Davis and Boyd, we've got a coffee cup and uh, some fine Costa Rican coffee for you to drink in celebration of your uh, accomplishments. This coffee comes to us from the fine folks at the Doca Estate in, uh, in uh, Costa Rica. And we got a little more Doca coffee to give away uh, during the broadcast, which we'll hopefully uh, get to. So, folks, keep listening. And, Jackie, if you'll shoot us your particulars or let us know if you just want to swing by the office and pick it up, that would be easy for us. But we'll we'll take care of you either way. And right now, folks, we are joined on the program, as I promised, by a very special guest. We're joined here uh, by Representative Mike Burns. Mike Burns is one of the great uh, patriots in the General Assembly of South Carolina has been uh, leading the charge on the pushback agenda with a few other very capable legislators and has been working in particular on a bill that would censor censure, uh, censor, uh, tech giants who attempt to, it would censure tech giants who attempt to censor their users. So folks like Facebook, 
folks like Twitter, folks like Google, who throttle you or deplatform you under uh, Representative Burns's bill will be held to account. They will be able to be sued in South Carolina under a provision of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which is a carve out for state tort actions, allows state governments to be able, if they take advantage of it, to hold technology companies liable for their uh, impermissible restrictions on free speech. So, Representative Burns, how are you this morning? Uh, good morning. Thank you for having us from the upstate. It's a beautiful morning here, and I'm delighted to be with you and your listeners on the coast. It's uh, it's a great morning here on the coast. How are things in uh, Traveler's Rest? Things are bright and sunny this morning. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. We've uh, we've talked about this, Representative. I love I love the name Traveler's Rest. It seems like a place you just want to, you know, pause and sit a while. and, and Like so, Mayberry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, Representative Burns, you are the lead sponsor, I believe. You've, you've worked on this bill. You just heard my summary of it. I don't know if you have anything you want to add, but tell us what happened to the bill. And I think you, 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 you hit some headwind, headwinds in the General Assembly. Where, where does your uh, – because I just think it is, a, it is probably one of the most critical bills in the General Assembly, in my opinion, in terms of really making a difference in, in, the, in the culture wars. But uh, what, 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 what can you give us in the way of an update? Well, I, I happen to agree with you that it's a very important bill. We were the first uh, last December to pre-file it for the first year of this two-year session, uh, the first in the country to do it. Uh, as you know, there are about 21 states that have similar bills, very similar verbiage to our bill. And uh, Governor DeSantis from Florida has got out in the lead on this, and I'm a little embarrassed that South Carolina hasn't been able to uh, – get out and lead like we should be leading. We filed it. We should be out leading this. You know, the way we see it, uh, the way I see it, you know, these big tech companies are marketing themselves as having free, fair, and open uh, policies to all ideas. They have you sign a contract, so they're entering a contractual agreement, which is a state issue. And as you said uh, so eloquently a moment ago under Section 230 of the Common Communications and Decency Act, there is a provision where the states can hold these people accountable when they do the bait and switch, when they, you know, breach your contract. They have uh, fraudulent inducement. They advertise falsely. They're acting in bad faith. When they cut people off and violate their First Amendment rights, you know, their free speech, political uh, speech, religious speech, whatever, all the way up to the president, then president of the United States. Amen. And, uh, you know, and even right now, if you pause and go right now to what's going on, you've got uh, people who want to express their opinion on a uh, vaccine that's in a, uh, you know, an emergency order state. It hadn't been proved out. And I'm all for everybody taking the vaccine that wants one, but I'm also for every person who wants to wait and see how this plays out to be able to do that, and they're uh, removing any conversation that has any negativity associated with the vaccine off of the uh, these uh, tech giant uh, engines where nobody can discuss it and talk about it if you've got a different opinion from what the uh, elitists want everybody to think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you're dealing with those kind of things, and when you do, you know, you know, Orwell was way ahead of his time, apparently, because that's where we've arrived ourselves. So to answer your question, after all that long dissertation and rambling, I wanted to get all that in. 
we were unable. I thought we had a hearing scheduled back in late February, and evidently there's something amiss a little bit in the bill that troubles some of the folks uh, on the Judiciary Committee. We were unable to get a hearing. So what we've done recently, just in June, we refiled the bill with a little less stringent uh, bodies to the bill, which uh, we will reevaluate and see if that will ease some folks where we can get a hearing on this and get it in the process because folks in South Carolina need to be protected, and if they uh, are mistreated and fraudulently dealt with, their contracts are broken or altered from what they agreed when they go on these uh, big check uh, engines, Mm-hmm. You know, there should be repercussions Amen. for it. You should be able to hold them to account. And that's where we're lacking all across the country. And, and almost half of our states have recognized that, and it's going through the process. I Unfortunately, think... government uh, is not proactive. We've we got so many things we think we need to get ahead of, but we always end up being reactive instead of proactive. And, and we have the addition, <clears throat> excuse me, we have the additional angle now, uh, Mike, that the White House government is actively working with big tech to to formulate, you know, what what information is deemed valid and what information, like, for instance, on the vaccine is deemed to be, um, you know, problematic and, and is verboten off limits. And that, to me, just takes things to an ent- I mean, that to me is one of the most frightening things that we've ever had happen in this country. But. But just the ability that we have, that we would have, to hold Facebook to account if they deplatform you. or And they're putting people in Twitter, you know, they're suspending Twitter accounts for 12, 24, 36 hours. As you said, just for saying something mildly negative but rational about the vaccine. And, and that yeah, just, that's incredibly dangerous. And these vaccines, as we all know, you know, they're exempt from any liability and they're experimental they're in an emergency only granting of uh, permission to use them and uh so what we've done also we have a bill that's uh, written up and dropped ready to go uh when we go back in january and that bill if you force somebody to take a vaccine in your government agency in your company in your university in your anywhere if you force them to do that you can do that apparently but if you do, then you personally take on the civil and the criminal liability that may or may not be associated with that. So we'll see how that bill, if we can get some traction with that, see how think, that will slow down some of this. I think that's a great idea. Uh, Representative Burns, I had a few things more that I wanted to chat with you about. Can you hang with us through a break? Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. Very Thanks. good, folks. We're talking to Representative Mike Burns from Traveler's Rest, member of the South Carolina House of Representatives. We'll be right back with more of this interview and more Saturday morning coffee right after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration. 
So much uncertainty in the world. How does Powell Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times? Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks, I encourage you to reach out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee 824 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. We are uh, talking to Representative Mike Burns. Representative Burns, a member of the General Assembly and is uh, the champion of many uh, right-minded, freedom-oriented bills now trying to make their way desperately through the General Assembly, facing some headwinds here and there. Um, By the way, some of you checking in, uh, seconding these comments uh, on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Uh, Jackie, you did win. Let me know your address or if you want to stop by the station or Davis and Boyd, uh, which one's more convenient, but to pick up your prize. Also, somebody checking in says, wants to know, God bless Jackie for her hard work and her 48% pay raise. Is she hiring? So, Jackie, you got some friends out there that want to talk to you about a, a possible job. Andy Thompson, Cadillac Gary, also checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. So thank you all for for uh, listening uh, to us this morning. And again, we're talking to Mike Burns with the uh, South Carolina House of Representatives. So Representative Burns, you had this great bill that was going to allow us to punish or to at least hold accountable companies like Google and and Facebook and Twitter who are blatantly discriminating viewpoint what we lawyers call viewpoint-based discrimination, which if the government were doing it, would be completely, flatly, utterly, unquestionably a violation of the First Amendment, and, and which is, I think, was incredible that you now have Jen Psaki, uh, Jen Psaki, uh, stating from the White House podium that, oh, yeah, we're working with Facebook because all that really does is make Facebook an agent of the federal government. And so, but that's a whole other issue. But we've got this great bill that you introduced to allow us, private citizens, irrespective of the government uh, in, in that instance, to hold people like Facebook accountable. Um, it, it went in the House. I don't believe there, there is no bill in the Senate, right? It's just your bill in the House. Yeah, it's just a bill in the House. There's no companion bill right now. Okay. And it went to the House Judiciary Committee. Do you know who the uh, problem children were, if I can phrase it that way? 
Well, actually, uh, you know, there's a new uh, judiciary chairman, and uh, I uh, vetted this with the speaker's attorney uh, early on, and evidently there's uh, some language in there. It's a little troubling. That's why I won't go through the details of it, but that's why we're making an effort to refile the bill and uh, hopefully it will clean up some of the apprehension that happens to be in there. And I think this same apprehension uh, must have risen in some of the other states. You know, just mm-hmm. recently, uh, this spring, Florida adjudicated this bill. Louisiana's hearing it. Maine is hearing it. Missouri's hearing it. And, you know, when you when you go through some of these things, you run into some unexpected consequences, unexpected yeah. obstacles. Now, I know, and I, I know. I'm very hopeful that we'll be able to uh, iron this out when January gets here. It'll be the green light where we can get to hearing and see how the folks feel about this. Yeah. Now, I know. I know. Google sued in Florida when DeSantis DeSantis signed his bill. Did, has that? Have you seen a ruling in that case? No, there's as far as I know, there's not been a ruling, but uh, the governor's office down there is, you know, it put Google in a position where the, even if they didn't have a good argument, they had to file the suit to try to slow the train down yeah. and uh, help stop some of these other states. If you've got 20 or 25 states piling in on you on an issue, it's, uh, it makes it tough. It's a big deal. The problem, the problem for us in this is exactly what you talked about. This uh, communication between the administration in Washington and these tech giants, all this has been going on, you know, over the years. And a lot of this has, is nothing new. It's just come to light, you know, in the last year, year and a half. And people are, you know, what's really odd about this, Reese, is in a lot of these states, the primary sponsor in a lot of these states are Democrats. You know, they're Democrats yeah. that don't like what's going on either. Well, I think, I think. But, of every stripe, politician, people should be whatever you really believe in terms of where you are on the political scale. You should see this as incredibly dangerous. It is absolutely. We, you know, we we would never have put up with this even five or ten years ago. The country would never put up with this, but with all the stuff that's been going on, the burning, the looting, the police standing down, defunding police. I mean, we've we've lost our minds all of a sudden, and we got to, you know. We got to take back some sanity in the country somehow, yeah. and this, this bill is just one of those means to try to do that. So, who is the uh, House Judiciary Chairman, the new chairman? If I can ask, I, I don't know. Well, you know, Peter McCoy was the chairman. Oh, that's right. And uh, Peter, you know, resigned and took the uh, federal yeah. judgeship, and of course that's ended now. And he's, as I heard you mention, and we can talk about that a little bit at another time. He's overseeing the goings-on at Santee Cooper right now. Yep, yep. So who is the House Judiciary Chairman, or has a new chairman been chosen? Well, the new chairman is the uh, member from uh, Charleston, and uh, I'm I'm trying to call his name right now. I can see his face, can't call his name. We'll look him up. I'll uh, put that on the the, uh, Facebook page for Saturday Morning Coffee, Representative Burns, but I'm going to encourage every one of you in the sound of my voice to write the members of the Judiciary Committee and demand that this very important bill uh, receive a hearing in committee. and uh, Rep- House Bill 3450. House Bill 3450, that's right. And, uh, Representative Burns, there was one other issue that I wanted to hit with you real quick, and we're running out of time, 
But I saw this. I, I, I caught this in, in, in one of the items I got. It said in Burns versus Greenville County, opinion number da, 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 South Carolina Supreme Court has concluded that two fees imposed by Greenville County are unlawful taxes rather than user fees and therefore violate Section 6-1-310 of the South Carolina Code. The court declared the two fees invalid. One of the fees was a road maintenance fee paid by vehicle owners in Greenville County, and the other was a telecommunications network fee paid by Greenville County property owners. Now, my understanding is Burns versus Greenville County, you are the same Burns that's the plaintiff in that litigation. Give us a quick uh Quick, real quick summary of, of what that was all about. Well, there are three of us. Senator Loftus, uh, Representative Gary Smith, and myself. Uh, three and a half years ago, you know, the county council here in Greenville decided to impose these fees. But, you know, it wasn't in accordance with state law. You know, you have to have a value-added fee. If you're going to, if I'm driving a, a beat-up pickup truck and you're driving a Lamborghini, the tax should be different according to its value. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case. Everybody had to pay the same thing. Same thing with the telecommunications tax on a parcel of land. The Walmart in Travers Rest is paying the same thing as the guy in a thousand foot uh, mobile home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the council likes to uh, brag that they haven't raised taxes in 23 years. And in fact, they're feeing everybody to death instead of raising taxes, masquerading uh, tax as a fee. You know, and in law, the fee must give you something extra that the general public doesn't get, and that didn't happen in this. And so it wasn't value-based, so we sued them. And we lost in circuit court. We tried to settle with them with a reasonable settlement, take off one fee, you know, and, and do something, but we lost. And so we were forced to appeal it and go to the Supreme Court. And about two and a half weeks ago, we finally were notified that, uh, in fact, we were right. Yep. And, uh, you know, the citizens, this amounts in Greenville County to over $30 million. They've been overcharged, overtaxed, that they shouldn't have been. Amen. Over $30 million. And now everybody's trying to figure out what to do because it's a statewide issue, and apparently there are many jurisdictions across our state doing the same thing. Yeah. Amen. And as I read the opinion, I mean, this should this should not have been a hard. This is not a heavy lift. This should have been. Well, this was easy to figure out. Yeah. Everybody wanted to just do the Washington two step and just pretend it's all right and just blast right on. And that's what happened. Well, thankfully, the Supreme Court adjudicated what we thought was proper. Anytime I see somebody stand up for the taxpayer. Uh, Mike, and overturn and unfair and and flatly illegal. I mean, it's like I said, this was not a heavy lift. They should have they I, they had to know this. This was this was not being done correctly, and not hard to figure out. Shouldn't have you shouldn't have had to go that far. But I commend you for fighting the good fight. Uh, anytime we see somebody take on an illegal tax and get it thrown out, uh, hats off to you. So uh, thank you so much for your efforts there. Uh, and by the way, just a lot more that I would love to talk to you about this morning, but we've got to roll on. But thanks for joining us here on the show. And folks, yes, sir, it was all our pleasure. Thank you for having us. I hope you all have a great weekend. And, and Mike, if folks want to get in touch with you and follow you, uh, how can they do that? Well, they can call me. My cell number is 864-906-6949. It's a published number that I pay for, not the state of South Carolina, number one. And number two, by uh, email address is Simply Mike Burns, all little letters, Mike Burns at SC House, 
altogether.gov. Mike Burns at schousc.gov. Well, uh, Representative Burns, again, thank you for all your efforts. You're doing great work in the General Assembly. Keep it up and come back on the show anytime. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot and have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Folks, that's Representative Mike Burns and I'm Reese Boyd. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town. And more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. There is no doubt that South Carolina is smiling faces and beautiful places. The bad news is that we're not the only creatures who love it here, and the smallest ones are often the most annoying and the most dangerous. Mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and more. But there's very good news for people and very bad news for bugs. Mosquito Marys, protecting people just like you, your kids, and your pets with better coverage and low, low introductory prices. Say goodbye to bugs and say hello to Mosquito Marys of Myrtle Beach. Call 843-648-0343 or toll free at 866-ASK-MARY or visit their website or Facebook page. Mosquito Marys of Myrtle Beach. That's Mosquito Marys of Myrtle Beach. Specializing in getting rid of mosquitoes. Hi, I'm Todd Leggins with Mosquito Marys. Our service area is all of Horry County and the Grand Strand. At Mosquito Marys, we say enjoy the outdoors. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? Because most of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. So, Greg, how do you work to ensure that your clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win. Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark. But it knows his way around in the mazes of the underground. Are no match for him But it looks just like a traveler Who hasn't showered in a while And been living in the ground Milo is your best friend He's your second cousin All roads lead to He's the rising sun Milo is a long, long way from home yet Milo is a name you won't forget Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.38 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the show. 
And I want to thank Representative Mike Burns for joining us for a very uh, thoughtful and informative interview. I hope you guys will be posting a link to the House Judiciary Committee members on the Facebook uh, platform, assuming we don't get deplatformed. And I really encourage y'all to take the time to write your members of the South Carolina House Judiciary Committee and demand that they give H-3450 a vote. Folks, this is the same legislation that was passed in Florida. Ron DeSantis got a lot of attention for that. It's already been challenged by Google. They don't want this to happen, and they don't want this to happen for a reason, folks. What is happening in this country right now is flatly illegal. And the collaboration between Google and the other tech giants and the White House that has recently come to light in the in the arena of vaccine misinformation, disinformation, slash government approval of what you can and cannot read on social media related to the vaccine is categorically insane, folks. It is categorically insane. And I can promise you this, as Representative Burns said, this has been going on for a while. It's just that for whatever reason, Jen Psaki had the cojones to talk about it from the podium. I, I can't imagine what she was thinking. She obviously hasn't read the Constitution, but this has been going on for a while. And this, I believe, is just the tip of the iceberg. So we'll be posting uh, those links. I encourage you to contact members of the General Assembly who are on the House Judiciary Committee and demand that this bill get a hearing, demand that this bill get an up or down vote in committee and demand that they pass it out and put it before the General Assembly. I can promise you if it gets to Henry McMaster's desk, he will sign it and Google will sue here and that will be fine. Because uh, they've sued in Florida, they're going to sue elsewhere. That's okay. Let them sue. But we have to start that process. Um, Folks, next item on the agenda is Cuba. And I was caught this week by a piece that appeared in the Daily Signal, caught my attention. Uh, The piece was by Fred Lucas. Uh, Fred is the chief national affairs correspondent for the Daily Signal. He is also co-host of the Right Side of History podcast. He is uh, the author of Abuse of Power Inside the Three-Year Campaign to Impeach uh, Donald Trump. So Fred knows uh, a lot about a lot. His piece in the Daily Signal that caught my attention was six things to watch during the Cuba protest. And one of the things we you hear us talk about on this show all the time, folks, if you take away the ballot box, if you take away all other legal means of uh, expression, people will vote with their feet. They are voting with their feet in Mexico and Central America. They are voting with their feet uh, in, on the southern border. They are voting with their feet in California. Americans are leaving California in droves, as we already talked about uh, this morning. Uh, And folks are voting, attempting to vote with their feet and their rafts in Cuba. But surprisingly, the administration seems to take a different view of uh, Cuban immigrants than it does of migrants showing up at the southern border uh, with Mexico. And I'd be curious to talk to Fred about that because Fred Lucas joins us here on the program this morning. Fred, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? Oh, thanks for having me on. And uh, so you're you're a um, a well accomplished journalist. You are, as I mentioned, with the Daily Signal, where you serve as a chief national affairs correspondent. And uh, so you've been you're obviously uh, following this situation in Cuba. Uh, what is what is your uh, take on? I mean, do I am I wrong? Are, are they looking at this differently? Why is why did the president seem to invite people to come to Mexico, but yet they seem 
completely paranoid that somebody's going to try to swim the channel and get to Florida. Yeah, uh, it, it, uh, it almost seems like they're, they're suggesting, the administration is suggesting that you try to take a raft from Cuba over to Mexico and then come over the Rio Grande River, and then it's okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, <laughs> that's a... Am I missing? Am I am I missing something? I mean, is there some is there some (laughs) rational thought there? Right, right, right. yeah. uh, I mean, there's been a really long tradition in the United States taking in um, Cubans seeking asylum, Um, and this is a this seems to have changed at the point when you've had this uh, massive groundswell and call for democracy. What I would say about President Biden, though, uh, is. the White, the White House and President Biden have gone from, well, this is a mismanagement problem. Uh, they, they were afraid to say the C word, communism, um, and to just uh, since we initially put up this piece, um, uh, Biden did say at a press conference alongside Angela Merkel uh, that communism is a problem. It's a failed system, and the Cuba is a failed state because of communism. And he, he even threw in there the socialism uh, wasn't much better, uh, which – uh, one my almost thought was a, a poke at the squad yeah. or Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. but uh, we're, we're still not seeing any action, and we're still seeing the Department of Homeland Security um, become com- complete immigration hawks when it comes to one group of people, which is Cuban. Yeah, uh, my my fear, my fear, Fred, is uh, my concern. It's not really a fear. My concern is that Cuban. Immigrants traditionally who seek political asylum here are typically very Republican. Um, and I'm, my guess is they think the migrants pouring over the border along the Rio Grande are going to be good little Democrats. I mean, is that is that factoring into anybody's? I think uh, that's uh, some, somewhat unspoken. But, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that has to be consideration. I mean, it's almost the only thing that makes sense. It's only the only thing logical as to how you square those two. Uh, Cubans are most likely to be Republicans, and um, Mallorca said this about Haitians as well. Um, I I don't think that they're, they're necessarily uh, as bent on Republicans, but but perhaps uh, Cubans have long been a Republican voting bloc uh, that they've been uh, separate and apart from uh, other uh, Hispanic groups on that. Although though we're seeing actually in the last election, uh, as you know, we we saw a lot of Hispanics did move over to the Republican column. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, uh, Democrats, you know, they used to say once uh, demographics are destiny. Uh, they're, they're not saying that quite as much anymore. Um, I, um, what, what I did want to point out here uh, is that uh, the numbers that we have, the most recent numbers that we have is that, and these are official numbers from the Cuban government, so it could be far more. Uh, 383 people were detained. Uh, out of that, only 55 were released, and um, and that's that's saying something. I mean, these these have been peaceful protests. People have been talking about liberty in the streets, but we we haven't seen rampant crime. The president of Cuba has tried to call this violence, but that's not has not been the case. The, the, as from what I can tell from what the video that I've been able to see, you've probably seen more than I have, but the the protests have in fact been peaceful, much more peaceful, frankly, than the, the summer of love, the, the fiery but mostly peaceful protests that happened right here in this country. Yeah, you're right, right. The, the, uh, the violence has come from the Cuban authority. 
uh, which which uh, gets into another issue. Uh, the Black Lives Matter Foundation in the United States has finally found uh, police brutality that they don't they're not bothered by, yeah. uh, which is from the Cuban government. Yeah. Uh, that, that, as you know, they put out a statement this week saying that they're fully in support of the Cuban government uh, through this, uh, which which was fairly remarkable. But uh, yeah, I mean, C- Cuba has actually put out uh, what they call a call to combat the Cuban government uh, against these protesters, uh, and, and 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 that is something that the, uh, the the Biden State Department has spoken out against this, but we're not seeing a lot of action. And in fact, the action we're seeing uh, from the Biden administration has been negative action against the Cuban mm-hmm. um, Cuban protesters saying, yeah. "Don't come here." Uh, so I mean that. That's been a problem, though. So, well, you know, rhetorically, rhetorically can, it has improved from what we saw from Biden the last time he spoke up. Well, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. And one thing that's very interesting to me, and I, and I thought about this as I watched these very moving images from Cuba, and they are peaceful, um, is, um, is that, uh, you know, you see them carrying the American flag lovingly, mm-hmm. respectfully, proudly. You see that happening in, in Hong Kong back previously during those freedom protests there. But in our own country, in, in protests sponsored by Black Lives Matter, they're torching the flag, destroying it, burning it, stomping it on the ground. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. unbelievable. It's just really unbelievable. Sure. Right, right, right. The, the flag is more respected abroad than here sometimes. Yeah. Fred, uh, Fred, we've got to take a short break. Can you hang with us through a quick commercial break? And, oh, sure and we'll be back for a couple more minutes of, uh, of uh, questions with Fred. Lucas of uh, the Daily Signal, folks. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Do you love golf? In search of your hometown golf course? 
Hi, I'm Jim Kane, Director of Operations at Eagle Nest Golf Club in Little River. Eagle Nest has been the home course for many area golfers of all ages and abilities for nearly 50 years. Eagle Nest Golf Club invites you to be one of our local members. No membership fee needed. Did you know we offer special low rates for residents? Stop by today, give us a call, or visit us online at EagleNest.com. Eagle Nest Golf Club, built and owned by locals for locals. Hi, this is Rob Clemens with Monarch Roofing. At Monarch, we have all different types of materials that you can put on your roof. We have flat roof materials, we have tile roofing, we have metal roofing, and of course we have shingles. And, and we often get questions on which one should I do for my roof. And sometimes it comes down to an appearance thing, but realistically the materials we're using are very strong. For example, we currently have shingles that have what GAF manufacturer would call an infinite wind warranty. They do have this special adherence, which make them supposedly hold up the Category 5 hurricanes. Basically, everything we install has a 130-mile-an-hour wind rating. But then when you get above and beyond that, these options are going to be for this infinite wind warranty. And we can talk about what you need to do to your roof to get that done. I'm Rob Clemens, Monarch Roofing. Reach us at 843-839-7663. That's 839-ROOF. And you can also find us on the web at monarchroofing.biz. That's B-I-Z. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour you've made it to the final parting wisdom segment of saturday morning coffee had a lot more to talk to you about this morning we'll have to throw it a lot throw a lot of it back in the stack for next week not going to get to the arizona election audit which i really wanted to talk about but uh, that's okay we got a lot for next week's stack and we'll get to it eventually um, we are talking at the moment to Fred Lucas. Fred is National Affairs Correspondent with The Daily Signal and host of the Right Side of History podcast. We're talking about current events in Cuba. And, uh, Fred, I got, got just a couple of minutes in wrapping up. I had two quick questions for you, and I'll just let you run with them. First of all, uh, what do you think about this effort to bring Internet access uh, to Cuba by satellite or other means? And then secondly, what, how do you see this playing out? Any predictions for how this situation in Cuba is going to resolve? Well, um, we don't seem to know whether the technology is there to, to bring Internet to Cuba, uh, but, but that does seem to be an open question from uh, both Governor DeSantis, uh, Marco Rubio, and, uh, and, and Joe Biden. I mean, they've, they've, uh, they've mentioned that. Um, as far as where it's going, um, I, mean, I have talked to some people who think that there is a – they're cautiously optimistic, I guess, that, that – you might see some actual major change, uh, possible democracy movement within Cuba. If not, at least some uh, loosening of the grip there. What's important to say in all this, though, um, is that we've seen people say, oh, this is not about communism. This is about the medicine shortages. This is about the food shortages and so forth. 
Um, you can't really separate those two. Communism is about shortage, and, and it's always been in every country it's been in. Um, now, uh, it may, maybe the government's been able to appease people a little bit more throughout the years and decades um, by just throwing something their way, uh, but and, and it's reached a crescendo because of the lack of COVID vaccine. But um, ultimately, this all ties back to communism. Yeah. And that's where shortages come from. Yeah. So, well, uh, Fred, I want to thank you for, for sharing your wisdom with us this morning. If folks want to get in touch with you or Thanks follow you, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, please follow me on Twitter. It's at Fred Lucas, W-H. And you can catch me on thedailysignal.com. Very good. Fred, thanks for joining us. And please come back on the show anytime, folks. It's Fred Lucas with The Daily Signal. And thanks, uh, thanks take care. And, uh, folks, a lot more I wanted to get to. Uh, we had a couple of callers on the line. I think Don Bound is on his way to Columbia for a Red Hats event. Ironically, I was going to be on that uh, dais with uh, Don. Just, Don, just give us a real quick hello. you got about 15 seconds. Um, hi, Reese. Oh, um, hey, Wendy. Hey, I've got Don in the car with me. We're on our way to uh, Columbia to the uh, State House Steps. Um, we're doing a, a rally today um, in support of Freedom uh, 515-515.com. Uh, it's a, a grassroots organization that's a nationwide organization. I think today alone across the United States they have oh, about 20 or 25 events. Yeah. 27 states um, are participating in rallies um, across the United States. Well, that, today, Wendy, right? that is that is so awesome, and we're running short, but let me let you go. But thank you all for calling in, and I actually was going to be on that uh, trip with Don and, and Red Hats America participating in this event in Columbia, but uh, because of uh, well, this show, I wasn't able to do that. But you guys have a great trip, and I hope it's a great event for, uh, for us at Red Hats America. And, and for the 515 uh, movement uh, itself. So, uh, folks, I wanted to share one bit of parting wisdom with you. You know, my grandmother once said, you get more flies with honey than vinegar. So that's the uh, parting wisdom for the day. And I'm talking about, honestly, the uh, O'Ree County Republican Party. Many of you know that a few uh, uh, months ago I was encouraged to run for chair. Um, I wasn't really dying for the job, to be honest with you, but I agreed to run in the event that, that because, frankly, the Republican Party's been a hot mess. And so I had a few folks encourage me to run. I said, look, if you guys elect me, I will serve. Uh, there was a large groundswell of, of new folks who came into the party um, in a close election. I was not selected, and that's okay. I've been supporting them. But the party continues the same hijinks and the same circus antics uh, this week, they, they voted to uh, censure Drew McKissick for something that he said, for something that he said, not something that he did. And we do have problems in the, uh, in the, in the Republican Party statewide, and there are things to be upset about, folks. But at some point, uh, we have to start working together, and that's, uh, that's kind of where we are. And uh, we don't need to censure people for things that they say. Drew McKissick hasn't yet done anything, so... The meetings continue to be circus shows, frankly, and I encourage them to start using a little more honey. Folks, let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed, and join us again next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. 
Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.